Joining us now is retired meteorologist Hugh Johnson to talk about the frankly amazing weather we've had so far in November, as well as some bad news uh, coming down the pike uh, as we have Hurricane Nicole developing and much more. Hey, Hugh, hope you had a good week. I did. How about yourself, please? Pretty good, thanks. Cannot complain. And how could you when it's November 5th and 6th and you're able to spend some time on a weekend outside on patio furniture and be comfortable? Yes, indeed. Well, we we hit a record high on, on Saturday at 76 degrees, our third warmest November day in history. But what was even more amazing, Blaze, is what happened Sunday. It wasn't as warm, granted, but our right. low was 67, and that smashed. That was our by five degrees, our warmest overnight low ever for November by five degrees. Uh, that, you know, blew away the record of 62 set in 1938, and we set our mean, our warmest mean temperature of 69.5, even though the high only got to 72. But it just stayed really warm all day. So that was pretty amazing, very amazing in my book. And the first six days of November, by far the warmest ever in Albany's history, 60.6 degrees, 15.9 above normal. The closest is from 1994 is about four degrees cooler. So, yes, we're off to a, off to a very warm and uh, start to the month of November. Hi, Hugh. Bria here. Did we hit 70 yeah, I degrees? Did. I was hearing that if we had four days in a row of 70 degrees, it would match like only three other times it's happened. Unfortunately, officially, we did not. We hit 69. On my thermometer, I did hit it. I've hit four days in a row. I hit 71, but officially at the airport, no. I was surprised because it was just so sunny today. It was like a brilliant, the sky was blue, and uh, I thought they would have hit 70, but you know, it, it's just one of those things that just didn't quite make it. Hugh, I got to ask a follow-up question here. Why do we go by the airport? Because as I was told many times in my broadcast in my broadcast news classes, never give the temperature at the airport because nobody lives at the airport. Well, the reason why we do, Blaze, is because that's the place where if you're going to have a, a weather observation, there's no better place to have it than at the airport. You're absolutely right, and it doesn't it's not always representative of the area, but that's where you have continuous uh, weather observations because of aviation, because, you know, your flight's flying, well, and you, they absolutely critically depend on all elements of, of weather. So that's why airports are done. Like National Airport or Reagan Airport down in D.C., everyone knows that's not representative. Um, our airport's not bad, but it's, it, it, you know, it, it's a little bit outside the city, but that's just because that's where the aviation, uh, they, they need that information for aviation. So, Hugh, we're not the only place that's that's been hot these days. What's happening in Europe? Well, Europe actually it, it preceded our warm up by about a week. The last week of October was incredibly warm, temperatures soaring to the 60s in Switzerland and up to Sweden, and I think even Norway. A place called and I'm probably not going to pronounce this right, Marone de la Frontera in Spain. I don't know Spanish very well, but. This spot in Spain, I think southern Spain, hit 95, I kid you not, last week. 95 degrees, way above normal. And the scary thing about Europe, and this is a climate change signal, 
They have warmed nine-tenths of a degree per decade since 1991. So they're actually warming faster than most of the rest of the world, with the exception of the Arctic. So something's going on in Europe that it's just, I mean, it's been amazingly, you know, the summer, we had the really hot summer. We've had many hot summers in Europe, anomalously hot summers, and now this very warm fall. And so that ridge came into our ridge developed uh, this week, and it will be changing, yes. Which means Europe has, yeah, which means Europe has uh, in temperature a 0.3 degree increase. And we've yeah. got more on the horizon here. Hugh Johnson joining me, Blaze Bryant, and Bria Barthel on Hudson Mohawk Magazine. What's the latest with tropical system or storm? Nicole, I heard on a CBS News report a few hours before we had this chat here, it's supposed to make landfall in Florida Wednesday? That, that Wednesday or Thursday. It might actually be early Thursday, but yeah, late Wednesday, early Thursday. It's actually a subtropical. It is our 14th named storm of the year, which puts it seven behind last year. But we, we called up because there for a while we were way behind last year. But it's subtropical, meaning that it's not completely encased into a warm core low yet but it will likely do so as it intensifies as it gets into even warmer water as it approaches Florida. But yes, it is expected to, it's moving Northwest now about nine miles an hour. It will bend a little bit more to the Southwest and it looks like it's going to hit the Fort Lauderdale area somewhere near there uh, late Wednesday night, Thursday as either a strong tropical storm or a low end hurricane. Now it will not have a devastating effect of Ian. It will not have the storm surge, but it could have lots of, rain it's a, a, expected to be a large storm and a lot of wind well winds but near hurricane force so it'll probably be a lot of power outages flooding there won't be the horrible st- um, storm surge that ian has thank goodness and then from there it's going to work through florida into the gulf and back over the atlantic and it will likely impact our weather in some way or form this weekend the question is is a strong cold front going to sweep it out to sea or is it going to interact with it that we're going to get really heavy rain from it? That remains to be seen, but at least there's a threat of some rain with it possibly heavy as we go into like uh, late Friday and early Saturday, it looks like right now. And then behind that storm, look out, much colder air, which is finally building in Canada, is coming down to get us. So before the cold air comes, we've, we've had all this very hot air. I know that the UN Secretary General said at the climate summit, we're in the fight of our lives and we're losing and that we're close to the tipping point of not being able to save things. Are your thought, What are your thoughts on that? It's probably and sadly, but true. Uh, you know, I, I, I funny, I read a New York Times article that was seemed too optimistic saying that things are looking better for climate change. But um, I, I, my own personal feeling is we're, we're seeing too much weird stuff going on and I lean towards, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen in, in my opinion, it's not going to happen in the next couple of years, but certainly in the next couple of decades and not to get political, but if, if we're political tide changes tomorrow and the next two years, that could set things back because we, we know which each, which where each party stands on climate change. We don't have to go there, but you know, it's things like that that will, will will stall us from doing more than we, we need to do to really reverse things. Because I've always said all along, the big problem besides putting too much CO2 in the atmosphere is trying to get rid of it. Good luck getting rid of it. It has a half-life of 
of thousands of years. So it's not going to go anywhere fast once you put it into the atmosphere. So I think we got we're we're in trouble. I, I agree with that. Yeah, I just heard former Vice President Al Gore at a conference in Egypt basically saying the same thing that you just did. And well, there could be a sea change politically tomorrow. There could be, may not be. But one thing we do know for certain is that, uh, yeah, one thing we know for certain is that the weather is going to change. So why don't we go with the certainty of a Hugh Johnson forecast? Okay, again, so... Cooler air tonight. This isn't the Arctic air. This is more of a normal Canadian air mass moving in. It will drop to the upper 30s tomorrow, so you'll, you'll need coats again and only get the lower 50s, gusty wind. There should, oh, by the way, there's an eclipse tonight, solar lunar eclipse that should be visible right before dawn. It's the last one we'll see for five years, so something to think about this, tomorrow morning. Um, but then tomorrow, it looks like a great day Wednesday with near-seasonable temperatures, although very cold start in the 20s, so it's going to be really cold, but this isn't the Arctic air yet. Then it warms up again to the 60s. We'll watch for that moisture from Nicole coming up and bringing us some rain. And then behind that, on the weekend, look out. Here comes the gales of November. comes lashes. And we'll see that on Sunday. Sunday will be a – and we might even see our first flurries of the year on Sunday and or Monday. So, yeah, we're yeah. going to pay back a little bit for this. Yeah, you know, it's mid-November. It's, it's hard to, to not have that happen. <laughs> Yeah, I know. And I know that places that are in droughts would love to hear that they'll have snow for meltwater. That's true. But again, we're not looking for any accumulating snow. That's not on the cards, thank goodness. I don't see that in the next week to 10 days anyway. So we're good there. (laughs) Very good, Hugh. Flat out of time. Hugh Johnson, retired National Weather Service meteorologist. Have a great week, Hugh. We'll catch up with you next week. You too, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.